worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the radio octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. Friday night football tonight. Down, 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 down. Was that pretty good, Blaine? You like that? Yeah, better than the actual uh, item, I'd say. Hey, I would love to do a cameo. Just let me intro one Friday Night Football, please, in my broadcasting career, and then I will lay in peace. Today's show is a special edition. It's a a two-and-a-half-hour edition of the Sports Cage because Countdown to Kickoff will be on the air at 5.30 p.m. sharp. And today's show is brought to you by... Nelson Homes for Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. I just, I'm just getting the thoughts in my mind. I just want to say it again, but I got to keep telling myself, do not sing that anymore. People will not like you. They already don't like you. Have you ever watched the movie The Last Boy Scout? You know what? I don't think I have. It's a, it's a football movie with Bruce Willis, but I say that because the intro of the movie where they roll the credits, it's a guy singing Friday Night Football. It's It was uh, obviously before the CFL because the movie came out, what, 1990, I believe? It's not the same jingle, though, is it? Or is No, it, no, okay. no. It's completely uh, different. It's, but it's just got... It's kind of funny because uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it after, you know, when the CFL launched Friday Night Football, but just going back on it... Uh, it's just that that's kind of weird with how it, mm. those are two things to think of. Obviously, the TSN uh, jingle and then the last Boy Scout intro. I've always wondered why they got away from that jingle. Like, I'm so glad they brought it back. That was iconic. I mean, uh, that's why I got scared there when you, you started talking about that old movie. I thought maybe, you know, the CFL robbed it from a different. I thought it was an original product, but don't worry. It still is original product. Riders and Lions tonight. Big game at BC Play Stadium. And we will be joining. Joined at the bottom of this hour by the voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, live from Vancouver, British Columbia, as uh, Ballsy is nice enough to join us live on the airwaves, so close to his portion of the pregame show, which is, of course, the Rider Nation pregame show. It will be on the air at 7.30 p.m. sharp, and as always, the the first segment of the Rider Nation pregame show, TSN's Glenn Suter. Maybe we should get Ballsy to try to get Glenn Suter singing the Friday Night Football jingle. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Glenn. If you're listening, we want to hear it tonight. Friday Night Football tonight. I told you I wasn't I wasn't going to do it again, but here we are. Hey, you can always text us. The text line is open. The phone lines are open. Let's have some discussions about tonight's big game in the Lions Den. 306-936-6262. That's the number to call and that's the number to text. Don't be shy. We're here to talk football. It's Friday Night Football. This is a big game for both teams. Do you think the Riders have it in them to pick up a win tonight? Do you think it's going to be close? Do you think it's going to be a blowout like yesterday's Thursday Nighter was? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, text us up, 306-936-6262 is the number to text. The text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Also coming up on today's show, we will hear from Sean Campbell, the play-by-play voice of the Alouette de Montréal, the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690. The Montreal Alouettes, they can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. All they have to do is beat the Ottawa Red Blacks. Now, it doesn't seem like a very tall task, but, you know, I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be uh, fun to talk with Sean Campbell, though, uh, coming up here at 4.05 uh, as the Alouettes are getting set to kick off tomorrow. So it's two double dips in the CFL this weekend. We got... Two games tonight, two games tomorrow, and I like how the CFL is now avoiding Sunday altogether. I think that's a very wise move earlier in the year. It's, I thought it was great that the CFL, they were kind of uh, plopping one game on Sunday. I don't know if plopping is a really cool word to use, but here we are. Here we are, 3.12 p.m. on a Friday. So the games tonight, Toronto and Winnipeg. The Argos, 12-1. and We all know by now that Chad Kelly, he's not going to be out there. The Argos are resting him, whether, you know, Bomber fans like it or not, whether CFL fans like it or not. The Argos don't really care. They're going to do what's best for their football team, and I think they've earned that right. They are 12-1. and I mean, if they... If they keep winning football games, they have to be in the discussion of one of the best teams in regular season CFL history, but that might not happen now with Cameron Dukes at the helm, an old NAIA quarterback. He did not play NCAA football. He played in a NAIA school, which is basically like the equivalent to, you know, some D3 schools, some D2 school uh, schools. It's kind of like a mixture. NAIA. So if you're kind of wondering what is that? Well, it's, you know, it's like NCAA, but it's not. It's it's college football. It's kind of like a D2 or D3 program. Anyway, that's uh, Cameron Dukes played at that level of football in college. Not taking anything away from Cameron Dukes. He's a pro football quarterback now, baby. He's obviously, you know, he deserves his spot. But with the Argo sitting at 12 and 1 without Chad Kelly out there, I mean, I you don't think that they're going to win too many more games if uh, Cameron Dukes trots out there. but So that's the first game tonight, 6 p.m., the big one. Tonight, 8.30 p.m. local time kickoff, the Riders, BC Lions. And tomorrow, Montreal and Ottawa will get the festivities rolling at 2 p.m. And then uh, at 5 p.m., the Calgary Stampeders in Hamilton to take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And I just saw some news go across the CFL wire that the Hamilton Tiger Cats have released Canadian receiver Regina's own Richie Sendani. Richie Sendani, former University of Regina Rams player. And, uh, you know, he had a nice little career there with the Calgary Stampeders before signing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the offseason. And, uh here we are on September 29th. Almost made it through the whole season with Hamilton, but it looks like uh, the Ticats are moving on from Richie Sandani. All right, Blaine, the Toronto Blue Jays as well, they can clinch a playoff spot tonight, and it's as simple as this. If the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Tampa Bay Rays and the Seattle Mariners lose tonight, Blue Jays are postseason bound, baby. Time to order up our T-shirts. 
You gonna order one or what? Nah, not anymore with uh you know, baseball clinch just a clinch, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe not just a clinch. Back in yeah, the day when not. it was like Two two teams made the playoffs. Yeah, it was kind of a bigger yeah. deal to you know Sorry, make the postseason. I got carried away. I mean, nah, not okay. a, not a clinch shirt. Maybe if if they won the American League, maybe American League champions. Oh, maybe then. Maybe maybe have a celebratory drink. You know yeah. what I mean? Something like that. What do you make of that? By the way, when teams you know win a division or just simply clinch a playoff spot in baseball, they pop the champagne in the locker room and they have all like the plastic up and stuff. Are you yay or nay when it comes to that? Like as terms of just winning the division as a whole? Yeah, because. We see teams do it like when they win yeah. a division or just simply clinch a wild card. Eh, you know what? Honestly, it's worth celebrating. I, th- I mean, it's such a long season. Let them let have, them some, have some fun. Huh? Eh? Yeah, I, I like, don't like people that get on them like, oh, what are they doing? It's not a chance. Like, let the guys pop a couple bottles. I mean, they maybe played 162 games. They want to have a little sippy, you know? Yeah, just maybe not go like, I don't know if you this before your time, but Deion Sanders and Tim McCarver there with Deion Sanders board a drink right on Tim McCarver. Maybe not that excited, but uh, yeah, just let him cut loose a little bit and celebrate a little bit as long as within reason. I mean, maybe not go after the reporters a bit when you're hosing them down and stuff like that, but mm. within the team, I think they should just be able to celebrate. I mean, it, like you said, it's a long season. They deserve a little... A little joy, a little... You're celebrating, so it deserves, I think it's okay. And the schedule got me all confused because, I kid you not, I checked on a, a sports app earlier on today, and it said that the Blue Jays game was a matinee affair this afternoon that started at, like, 1 p.m. So then I was like, okay, we're going to be able to have some news for you during the sports cage. So that was, I was planning on that being, like, my Blue Jays report at the bottom of the hour hoping to have like a final result for you but that sporting app i won't say which one it was not ours <laughs> not ours i could tell you that was not ours it was uh usually a, a pretty reliable app but the, the jays play at 507 tonight i should have known better you know since when do they ever play a matinee game to start off a series at home on a friday night like where's my mind well first i'll be a friday afternoon if it's a matinee Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, but the only team who I think does that on a consistent basis is the Cubs. Yeah. I don't think anyone else does, to be honest. And those Chicago Cubs, they're slipping a bit. I mean, they're going to be on the outside looking in here. They're they're not doing very good as it sits right now. The Chicago Cubs are, are you, a half a game back of the Miami Marlins. Are you a Cubs fan at all, or are you kind of... Like, no, I don't like the Cubs you, at all. Did you like them at all before they won the World Series? Don't you feel like ever since they won the World Series... You know, they no, were I the can, lovable losers, but now they're just... I can I'm, pick up what you're putting down. You know what I, I mean? can feel that, yeah. I, 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 I like, never really had a... If I was a, a Chicago baseball fan, I would I would pick the White Sox over the Chicago Cubs. I think they're more of a, a gritty team. You know, the Chicago uh, Black Sox scandal back in 1919 versus the Cincinnati Reds. You know, they got that grit to them. You know, they're like the heels in wrestling. If I had to choose one of those teams, I'm choosing the Chicago White Sox. The South the Side, eh? Yeah, the South Siders. So, <laughs> uh, not fond of the area that their ballpark is in, though. Chicago White Sox. I, I felt very scared when I was there. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just telling the truth. So, uh, we have a an awesome show. Uh, I don't think I teed up the rest of the show, actually. Uh, Matt Schill of the Regina Thunder, linebacker of the Regina Thunder. The Thunder are taking on the Saskatoon Hilltops this weekend. Remember the first game? Uh, it didn't go very good for the Thunder. The Hilltops came into Mosaic Stadium, and they 
ran all over the place, to put it lightly, on the Regina Thunder. So Regina looking for some payback. Matt Schill, an old savvy veteran in the linebacking core for the Regina Thunder, will join us at the bottom of uh, hour two, around three, or sorry, around 4.35-ish. And then to kick off hour three, Dante DeCaria, the voice of your Regina Pats, will tee up tonight's game. The Pats and Prince Albert to take on the Raiders tonight at the Art Hauser Center. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, the, the Rider broadcast will be on the main network tonight. The pregame show will be officially on the air at 5.30 with Countdown to Kickoff. But uh, if you want to listen to the Pats game tonight, you know, this is the modern era. You know, we can do some juggling. We can compensate for you. If you want to listen to Pat's hockey, we got you. All you have to do is go to 620CKRM.com, and then you'll see it right there on the homepage. You just click on the banner that says Pat's Raiders RM2, and then simply click it in. And you'll be listening to Dante DeCaria call Regina Pats Hockey. The Pats off to a pretty good start. They won their first two. They lost the last game out versus Moose Jaw uh, the other night. And by the way, they take on the Moose Jaw Warriors once again tomorrow night at the Brandt Center. So it's not very often that Moose Jaw's in town twice in one week. So uh, that's going to be an exciting game to check out tomorrow night underneath the orange top. And what else was I going to talk about? Today? Oh, I was going to talk about uh, the Green Bay Packer game last night, but what what is there to say when it comes to that? Uh, more football news that comes to mind, though, uh, since we're on the NFL topic now. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, he plans to play in Sunday's game against uh, the Miami Dolphins. I saw that. So uh, DeMar Hamlin, we all know his story. Very scary incident last year. It's uh, kind of like a miracle that... Fast forward to this coming weekend, he could be back out there on the football field playing a National Football League football. Hey, and then, have you ever heard anyone say it like that before? National Football League football? We are <laughs> no. groundbreaking today. We are groundbreakers on the sports cage. And uh, before we had to break, I was meaning to bring this up when we were uh, when we were talking baseball, but it slipped my mind. Uh, the Tigers announced that Miguel Cabrera will remain with the organization as a special assistant to the president of baseball operations following his retirement. So that's a long job title. But, you know, Mickey wants to stay in the game. And if a legend wants to stay in the game in your organization, you better, you know, let him do so. So I uh, love Miguel Cabrera. Just a, he can't run worth a lick, but uh, he is one heck of a hitter. Do you know what he did on this day back in 2004? Famous, uh, I, uh, a significant baseball moment in Canada. I think that gave it away there. But did he? Oh, did he hit the last home run at uh, Olympic Stadium? That is correct. There you go. As soon as he said two thousand, or and yeah, last season for the Expos was in two thousand four. So I would be really mad at myself if I got that wrong after that hint. So I'm glad I got it right. But uh, yeah, and the Expos they packed their bags and moved to Washington, and that's all she wrote for baseball in the city of Montreal. We are going to head the break here, and we will talk some more baseball in our Blue Jays report. But coming up next, before Michael Ball left to Vancouver, he uh, stopped and chatted with Paul Waldu. This week's installment of Waldu's Warriors on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes. It's Friday Night Football tonight on 620 CKRM.
kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Just under two and a half hours until countdown to kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli, Don Hewitt, Wes Cates. Before Michael Ball boarded the charter to head on over to Vancouver, he caught up with Paul Waldo for this week's installment of Waldo's Warriors. Here's that conversation. With our friend Paul Waldo at Royal LePage getting the real estate game with a three-time Grey Cup champ, 306-502-5355. Uh, Paul, uh, Riders in BC, three-game slide. Um, they haven't won on the road in an eternity. They've only won in Alberta on the road. Uh, last time in here, they lost by 10 to the British Columbia Lions. Who who on offense has to be your warrior today? Oh, that's, you know, there's there's so many to go around. It's, it sounds bad. I just feel like, you know, they, they haven't been the riders of, of what we what we knew there for two weeks in a row when, you know, when they beat the top two teams. But, you know, I think I'm, you know, I'm going to go back to uh, to that offensive line. You know, Evan Johnson and company, I just think, being able to establish the, the ground game is going to be astronomical in uh, in their success. Um, you know, you, you can't expect a quarterback to go out there and throw for four or five hundred yards every game, and I don't think Jake is a guy that has normally done that. But what you want to do is be able to manage the ball, and I think they just they've turned the ball over so much the last couple of weeks they haven't been able to do anything. And so I think I think Evan Johnson and that that offensive line and company is going to really have to establish the line of scrimmage in order to give us a chance offensively. Okay, we'll go special teams next. And the last time the Riders played the Lions, it was a guy like uh, TJ Brunson who's back on the yep. roster coming down, flying down, making plays, setting a tone, got a bogus fine for his hit on Terry yep. Williams. Uh, on special teams, is there a part of the special teams or a person that needs to be the warrior today for Paul Waldo? You know what? I, I think I picked Mario Alford. Um, Every every almost essentially every <laughs> week or every second week until you know that week two or week three when he had when he had two of those returns and then it was nice to see him do what he did yeah um, you know last week and I think he kind of he, he, he kind of sparked that that team mm. and was able to rally and they were able to score points get the onside kick and, and and do what they did so you know what I'm gonna have to take him again because I think in order to keep up to pace with this high-powered offensive uh, BC team are going to have to score in multiple ways, and it, it's going to have to go back to him. Okay, so there's an eye, eyebrows, uh, eye, eyebrow razor for me in the Riders' secondary as we look uh, at the defensive side of things. I like yeah. Derek Moncrief. I think he's a great athlete. But yeah. we got Derek Moncrief playing the boundary halfback, at least in the starting depth chart, uh, next to Nick Marshall. I, I uh, All I'll say is I don't know about that one. Well, you, you know what? It, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because depth charts sometimes can be misleading. Yeah, you know, they're they're all over the place, and I don't know if they if, if people do that on purpose or if you know the people doing them don't don't know exactly what's going on or if it's just a preliminary thing prior to the game or whatever. But um, you know, I look at that. That's that's an odd one for sure because you know naturally he's just a he's a he's a Sam he's a Sam linebacker guy who's essentially is, is close to the box. No. He is probably one of the longest lasting players on that team, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. These these veterans been around, been in the league. You know, maybe putting him at that boundary half position where you've got a lot of experience and you might not be the most athletic guy there, but I mean he's smart, he sees the field well and he can he can he can play his own coverage really well. So maybe that's a thought process behind there. But that yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a head scratcher there. So who's uh Waldo's warrior on defense for this game? Okay. So I'm gonna go back to Nick Marshall. You know, I, I've, I've, you know, he's a guy. I, I feel like he's a high risk, high reward guy. And you know, when it's great, you know, he's intercepting footballs and he's either closing games out or getting to the end zone. And when it's not good, it's not good, and he's and he's giving up points. And so I think 
he's got to find a um, an equilibrium there where he can either just be, you know, a quiet day is a good day. We always used to say in our line of work as defensive backs mm-hmm. um, where he's not giving up um, big plays because I think that's that, – that, I mean, the game is – it starts up front with the line of scrimmage, but it's won and lost on the back end. So um, Nick Marshall is going to be my guy. So that'd be, he's going to be able to come out there and not only not, not, only not give up big plays, but – I'm going to make some. Okay, so I'm going to bring this up and to wrap up, okay, with regards so, to that, okay, because I'm 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 kind of tying it into what my son's going through, and I don't want to make this about my kid, but I just course. I'm more familiar with it, okay. So yeah. my son played receiver up here his whole time, okay, little bit of defensive back, but receiver. So he had the ball in his hands. He, the, the game was game planned around him, and now he goes to defensive back and safety, and he has to be more patient. And you can't you can't force the issue. A lot of times you got to let it come to you in the secondary because if you do that you can kind of get burned like Nick Marshall and I feel like Nick Marshall even though he's been a DB for a while up here he has that mentality where he was the quarterback at Auburn the ball was in his hands to start every play he wants he's just that kind of guy he wants to make plays but sometimes it bites him in the butt you are one million I don't know if you've ever been so correct about anything and that that's what makes sense you know even when you look at him from a coverage standpoint you know when he's when he's in when he's late in the phase he's a guy that's he's never really playing a receiver's hands when the ball's in the air he's always looking for the ball right and you you love that you want defensive backs to be like that because a lot of them um, are not and you're always told you know I, I was told this as a player and I tell it as a coach now once the ball's in the air it's not the receiver's ball it's a defensive backs ball right so the mentality is right, but what happens is it, it, it puts you in a very vulnerable vulnerable state if you're not in proper position. And so that makes so much sense in terms of him being an offensive player, having that offensive frame of mind and wanting to be able to, you know, to, to go get the football. But, you know, I think in, in, in return, I think it bites him in the butt because you're at a professional level now, you know, and I know as, as, as you know, that, that conference – you know, playing in Auburn and being at the top of D one football, but you're still at a professional level here. And and if you're not if you're not good technically, then then you'll get taken advantage of. Okay, and 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 with regards to Nick Marshall, he's one guy, but there are other guys. We need a consistent. 60 minutes where you can't mail it in on a play. You have to go full bore against a team like the BC Lions today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's never over till it's over, especially now. You, you want to talk about the sense of urgency or having your backs against the wall. I mean, you're, fight, you're fighting for a playoff push here, so a playoff spot, a playoff push. So, I mean, the sense of urgency has to, has to be now. And I think, you know, listening to, to Coach Dickinson in his interviews today, I think that's something that he uh, he's capitalizing on this week. And and they can do it. They have done it. You know, you beat two of the top teams back to back, you know, and then all, all of a sudden, you know, you, you play a couple of Eastern division teams and, you know, it, it's, I don't know if it's a matter of just playing up or down to your opponents, but they've done it and, and they can do it and they, and they will do it. Paul, thanks for your time, man. If you want to get in the real estate game with this guy, 306-502-5355. And by the way, uh, good luck in your uh, game against the UBC Thunderbirds and your old friend Mason Nice. That should be a good one. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a dogfight. The voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Michael Ball, and our friend Paul Waldu, this week's installment of Waldu's Warriors. So uh, that conversation happened uh, just before Ballsy got on the flight to head on over to Vancouver. First time playing it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Paul Waldu and his Warriors looking out for them tonight at BC Play Stadium. We are going to hear from Michael Ball live on the other side of the break as Ballsy is getting set to hop on the broadcast. Ballsy is on the way next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 
I'm Blaine Wallen with your sports ticker on a very busy Friday night for sports around the area. Of course, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are all west. They'll be taking on the BC Lions. Coverage on 620 CKRM begins in less than two hours' time with countdown to kickoff at 5.30. Rider Nation pregame show at 7.30 with the opening kickoff at 8.30. If BC is able to win tonight, they will clinch a home playoff game for the second straight season. Elsewhere tonight, the Regina Pats are up north. They'll be taking on the Prince Albert Raiders. Coverage on RM2 begins at 635 with the opening faceoff at 7 o'clock. And the University of Regina Rams, they're up in Edmonton taking on the Golden Bears as the Rams are trying to get back on into the win column as they set it with a 1-3 and three record, while the Golden Bears have jumped out to a 3-1 and one record. The Toronto Blue Jays have the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot tonight. In order to do so, they have to pick up a victory against the Tampa Bay Rays, a possible playoff opponent. As well, they need a loss from the Seattle Mariners, who are engaged in the series with the Texas Rangers. And that is your sports ticker. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. And the chase to the playoffs is on as well as we are getting oh so close. The Blue Jays just have three more games left on the regular season schedule. A big series starting tonight versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Now for the Rays, it's not very big anymore because the Baltimore Orioles have clinched the American League East. And Tampa Bay, they are locked in that top wildcard spot. So they can't go up anymore and they can't go down anymore. They will be uh, that top wild card spot and they will host uh, well it's looking like either the Toronto Blue Jays or Houston or Seattle or maybe even Texas a lot more can happen here down the stretch a lot of uh, things happening but with all that said and done let me just simplify it I don't want to confuse anybody here all the Toronto Blue Jays need to do to make the playoffs is win tonight versus Tampa Bay and have the Seattle Mariners lose tonight as the Seattle Mariners are taking on the uh, Texas Rangers. Thank you, Blaine. It slipped my mind. Texas Rangers, uh, the Seattle Mariners will welcome the Texas Rangers uh, to downtown Seattle tonight. So once again, Blue Jays, they just need a win tonight and they need the Seattle Mariners to lose. And then we can... Pop the champagne. Playoff time. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Right back inside the sports cage here on this Friday for Nelson Holmes, and it is a big game day out west on the west coast. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders taking on the BC Lions tonight. It's an 8.30 p.m. kickoff, so uh, just about five hours from now, we will be playing some football, and uh, countdown to kickoff will be on the air at 5.30. So just a friendly reminder once again, this is a two-and-a-half-hour edition of the sports cage, and we are now joined... On the Western Pizza Hotline by the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Hey, Ballsy, thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes so close to the Rider Nation pregame show. No problem, man. Thanks for holding down the port back there. Yeah, man. So, big game tonight. But uh, before we uh, talk about this game, uh, did you watch any of that Packers game last night? 
Yeah, I texted you, but not about that. I was texting you about other things. Uh, uh, I didn't dare bug you about the Packers game because I knew you were probably mad. Um, uh, so let me ask you, uh, do you still have a TV or did you break it? Oh, yeah. You notice how I didn't respond to your texts? I know. I knew you were I actually... <laughs> You weren't. Resp- it was totally unrelated to the game, and you didn't respond to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. He is so mad right now. So then I just left you. Yeah, I watched it. I actually, I'm like you. I'm nerdy when it comes to this. It's actually, it was actually a perfect night for me. I went down to the hotel. I walked around to where the Apple store is because I need some new earbuds. So I'm gonna go do that later today, or like uh, I did it sorry today. Um, and then uh, what I did is. Um, I uh, came back here uh, to the hotel, had something to eat, and quickly ran upstairs and watched the game. And I had the game on in the background. I was filling up my depth chart and everything. Was, oh, I was like, heaven, man. I love it. No, the game was a joke. It was not heaven. It ruined everything for you. Wow, the game the, wasn't. The game was, yeah, listen, I wasn't cheering for the Lions. I, I know. The Packers, are, the Packers are my third favorite team. But uh, they just didn't look their, their offense. So I, I, actually, I actually won 40 bucks. I'm playnow.com because I picked Detroit to win the what game. What did you do? Only because, only because Holy smokes. your offensive line is a mess right now. Yeah. It's true, and Matt LaFleur does not know how to call plays. I mean, we got Aaron Jones back in the lineup, and we don't run the yeah. ball for the first anyways. Yeah, it was a bad yeah. game, and the next time the Packers play will be in Las Vegas, so it's a bit of a mini-buy for them. I mean, like 13-day rest now, so hopefully they can get their you-know-what figured out. But they got, uh, some wins on that, they got some wins on that schedule, Zinger. They got Vegas, they got Detroit. Uh, Chargers are never a uh, never sure win for L.A., so uh, you got some wins on that. Uh, you got some wins on that schedule. Yeah. yeah, we go to the Denver Broncos, and I know you're excited for Sunday. The Denver Broncos taking on the Chicago Bears. Are you ready for that one? Oh yeah, that'll be a oh, god awful game. I'll give about. Uh, I'll see how that Charger game goes. I I don't generally watch till the end of the Charger game because I know they'll find a way to blow it. Although I did watch the end of the Minnesota game last week. Chargers should beat the Raiders. On an unrelated note, and this is not meant to be funny, is it not sad with Chandler Jones? Like, this guy's lost his oh, mind. Yeah, Chandler that Jones. was... He's just, he's just doing some stupid things on social media now. Yeah, for those that don't know Chandler Jones, he went on social media and basically started talking about uh, Aaron Hernandez, and yeah, it's just a very touchy subject. It, uh, but uh, hey, this news came in yesterday, Ballsy. We talked about it on the Sports Cage yesterday. Uh, Micah Alway, he, uh, another fine. So this is his fourth fine of the season. Now, let me count here. One, two, three, four. Four fines. Pete Robertson mm-hmm. got one fine and a suspension. So I'll just leave the floor for you. I, what do we make of it? What have I, what have I been saying, Zinger, all along? I get yeah, but it's infuriating. Like, how could people be yep. like? I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. No, you can't defend it. You can't. You're absolutely right, Zinger. It's pick and choose justice. It's embarrassing. If I was the Rough Riders, I would be pounding the desk. I would be on the phone with Randy Ambrosi. Hackwood, whoever, and I'd be saying, what is going on here? Why? You you want to hold us to account? Fine. Pete Robertson, he deserved the one-game suspension. No place in the game for that. But what is going on around the league? Why can Bev Redhead butt Pearson? Nothing for him. Why can Micah Arway, who, by the way, I think is a good dude and plays the game 100 miles an hour, but I'm sorry, if you get fined four times, you deserve a suspension. That is ridiculous. That's embarrassing. And, yeah, as, as a guy watching this, I'm like, can't anybody else see this? This is garbage. I would be absolutely 
Next time Randy Ambrosi called me for advice, I would tell him, you're getting no advice from me until you tell me why you're screwing my team. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, well, speaking of the Canadian Football League and stuff, it, it's good that the CFL didn't merge with the XFL, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, now they're now they're going together with the USFL, and they 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 can't. I don't know. Is it going to be the National Spring Football League or something? I don't know, man. Listen, it's going to last one or two years. The only thing that might save them, there's some talk that the NFL would work in a partnership with one spring league, not two spring leagues. So maybe that's why they came together. But th- check this out. Last year, they were expected, they lost $60 million, the XFL. Now they're expected in this joint partnership to lose $30 million. Do oh. you think rich people like to lose money, Zinger? That's, that's a good idea, huh? Yeah, it was officially yeah. announced yesterday that uh, these two leagues are going to merge together. And... Uh, I I am just so sickened by the thought of you know I don't want to talk too much about this I'm sure you don't either yeah, but fine. but but uh, they they're thinking about going into a full time hub mode like the USFL has been doing it the last couple of seasons the XFL has been playing in front of their own fans in their own backyards and the talk is on the old World Wide Web that they are going to go into a full-on hub model. But, like, isn't the game of football pointless if you don't play in front of your fans? At the end of the day, the game of football is about the fans. It's what makes the game. Like, no one's going to watch that. Come on. Yeah, no. And, and so so what are they doing here? They just – is that truly what it is? It's glorified practice. They're going to – they're going to – your championships mean nothing. You're absolutely right, Zinger. So what is it? Is it glorified practice and a, develop, a true developmental league – for the NFL. This is where the NFL has it on the CFL. People don't like to hear this, but the NFL has the top seven or eight guys on each roster. After that, the rosters in the NFL and CFL are comparable. They have more money, more teams, more betting, more fantasy, more camera angles, all that type of thing. When you tune in and watch a god-awful, I don't know, 6-3 Carolina Arizona game in the third quarter, you're like, well, the announcers uh, seem pretty on on it. The, the camera angles, the crowd is there, like you said, Zinger. So you're like, oh, this is all right. This is NFL football. You tune in to the Ottawa Red Blacks and the, I don't know, Montreal Alouettes in Ottawa where they don't win much, still have some pretty good fans. But it looks like half the, half the stadium's empty. But it's like a 27-20 game, and it's exciting, but you say it's Bush League because there's only three angles and half the crowd's empty. You're right, Zinger. Yeah. The, it, the fans make the game. Yeah. I'm going to give it maybe one, two seasons, and then that's it. Hey, can you stick around for one more segment, Ballsy? I can absolutely, Zinger. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for doing this so close to a Rider Nation pregame show. We're going to head to break more with the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right. 
right back inside the sports cage here with Michael Ball, live from Vancouver, leading up to the big game tonight. The depth chart is out. Jaden Dalkey back in, and Derek Moncrief, the Swiss Army knife himself. He's playing another position on the defense. He's penciled in to start at one of the starting halfback spots beside Nick Marshall. I mean, this dude does it all. This dude is a football player, Michael Ball. Yeah, okay, so let's get into that. I, I saw Jaden Dalkey. He was actually going to a cryo chamber appointment this morning, about uh, 8 o'clock this morning. I passed him walking in downtown Vancouver, so he's getting some treatment down here before the game. Uh, but he's in good spirits, and it was uh, family. Uh, Ryan, his dad, his mom, and their family are flying in from uh, from Leduc, Alberta, so they'll be here for the game. They like to travel, and why wouldn't you? As for Derek Moncrief, I love Derek Moncrief. He's a great football player. Now, sometimes... And I'm hoping this is the case. You know, they put a depth chart out, but they they dicker with it right away. Mm -hmm. Because Derek Moncrief, uh, how do I put this? I don't know that he's been the best in coverage this year, Zinger. Like, he seems to be trailing in a lot of situations. The dude's 6'2", 220. He's a great athlete. I still like him on my team. But I would not be putting him as boundary halfback. I would rather see a guy like C.J. Rebus there, maybe, and move Moncrief down to his regular Sam linebacker spot. They also dress... Godfrey Onyeka, Kosi Onyeka, uh, Jackson Forge here. So they do have some defensive backs. That's going to be very interesting. And when you think about it, Derek Moncrief matched up with the likes of Keon Hatcher at slot back there. 59 catches, 931 yards. Dominique Rimes playing slot. He's back in the uh, in the fold this week. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I would go at Derek Moncrief if I were the BC Lions. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that. Kreef will play too many snaps at the boundary halfback position, but uh, only time will tell. We thought maybe Jamal Morrow was going to be back in the lineup this week. He is not. Frankie Hickson will once again get the bulk of the carries for the Riders. Frankie Hickson looked pretty good last week. Uh, across the board, Lofton, Blake, Godber, Furlan, Council along the offensive line. So uh, the one thing that the Riders are kind of starting to pick up on here is some continuity along the offensive line. I know Philip Blakey fresh into the lineup now, but we have guys that have played a lot of, you know, football together at this point. I mean, well over halfway through the season. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with that. We need uh, we need some uh, solid play from our tackles. I think, actually, Eric Lofton's been pretty consistent. Uh, you know, nice pickup in the offseason for Jeremy O'Day. Brandon Council's been up and down. I thought he was good before he got hurt. He wasn't great last week. They'll need a better effort from him. He'll be lined up across from Matthew Betts, who leads the Canadian Football League in quarterback sacks. Record for a Canadian, by the way, uh, Brent Johnson had uh, 17 sacks in 2005, the former BC line. It was tied uh, by Jamal Westerman of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for most sacks in a season by a Canadian in 2015. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, as for Frankie Hickson, averaging 5.4 yards to carry, he ran like his hair was on fire, which is uh, which I like to see, 77 yards on the ground. And let's be honest in that last game. Let's be honest, Singer. This football team is going to go as far as their offensive and defensive lines take them. You cannot win in the playoffs if you can't run and you can't stop the run. So the Rough Riders on defense have DeMarcus Christmas and Micah Johnson. One of DeMarcus Christmas's best games was that 19-9 loss back here. He was, I think, in on the sack when Vernon Adams Jr. went down early on in that game, uh, you know, early on in the season. But he needs to get his pad level low. He needs to be stout in there. Micah Johnson's a great football player, but he's not Micah Johnson of eight years ago. 
I'm concerned about him not being on the pitch count. And there, Christian Albright was a phenom last game Ooh, with the yeah. two quarterback sacks. Need a little more from Pete Roberts, and that D-line's got to come to play tonight. It, it does hurt that Anthony Lanier II has been nicked up most of this year. It's a pretty hefty contract to be hurt, but, I mean, it's football. You're going to get hurt, I guess. Yeah, uh, so Vernon Adams Jr., he got hurt versus the Riders at BC Place. That was the game we heard of yesterday on the sports cage when uh, VA's family was in town, and that was the game yeah. that uh, that's just so unfortunate. So do, do the Riders have a chance tonight? I personally think that they do. It seems like this team kind of rises to the occasion for whatever reason versus, you know, the good teams. The BC Lions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers already beat both those teams back-to-back earlier this year. So I think this is going to be one of those sneaky games where it's like very close in the second half and then maybe the Riders can pull it out late. Yeah, Jake Dolagala is a guy who passed for 279 yards last week, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He fumbled it a couple of times too. If he protects the ball, he's got the arm strength and the receivers to stretch the field. It's going to come down to turnover, Zinger. You look at it, that's the key here too. I know it sounds pretty uh, cliche in football, but you got to limit your penalties and you got to uh, protect the football. The Rough Riders were bad last week. 11 penalties, 123 yards. Uh, normally, they have 7.5 penalties a game for 105 yards a game on average. The BC Lions, 8.8 penalties, 123 yards on average a game. Lions are minus 10 in the takeaway giveaway category. Riders are minus 11. So whatever team is more disciplined, protects the football, is going to win. If the Lions protect the football, they'll win this game. And they're going to be motivated, Zinger. They, if they, if they want to get to a great cup, they got to do it at home. They got to have that first place showdown here, the West final here against either Winnipeg or hopefully Saskatchewan. I think if I was putting my uh, every dollar I had, it's not a lot. I'm in radio. Um, I would put the money on the BC Lions. I hate to say it, but I do think it'll be a close game. It'll be within ten. That's how I see it. Yeah, if the Riders can win the turnover battle, you know, if the Riders don't turn over the football, they'll have a chance because the quarterback that they are going up against is known to, you know, throw it to the other team from time to time. So that's going to be Yeah, you're right, Zinger. Zinger, Vernon Adams Jr., I've said this before, and I like the kid. He was on with us yesterday. I think he's – I'm glad to see him flourishing here in B.C., okay? Check this out. He's second in passing yards at uh, 3,547 yards but he leads the league in interceptions with 16. So what do we say? He's like Henry Burris. Henry Burris was good enough to keep both teams in the game, and that's Vernon Adams Jr. Hey, thanks for this, man. We'll talk to you again on the Ryder Nation pregame show in just uh, under five hours or five hours. Uh, let me do the math here. It's uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, about uh, four hours from now, Ballsy. There you go. So, uh, Luke Tell you Mo- what, this guy, this guy here, Sean Kleisinger, great play-by-play guy, great uh, – Great backup host and a great producer. He is our Derek Moncrief, RCJ Revis. He is our Swiss Army Knife. Now, I'm going to go kick my feet up here before kickoff zinger. Yeah, I'm just not very good at math, though. That's the only thing I failed ah, like well, three whatever. times. We can't be good at everything. Hey, yeah. Thanks, Ballsy. The Riders, Lions tonight, 8.30 p.m. kickoff. You can stream it on 620cklram.com, or, of course, you can do it the old-fashioned way. Listen live on the airwaves. We are going to head to break. Your 4 o'clock news on the other side, and then we will be back with the voice of the Montreal Alouettes from one voice to another here as the Alouettes look into clinch a playoff spot this weekend. Sean Campbell from TSN 690 on the way next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside.
Behind the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. And this Friday show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. And all of our guests appear on the Western Pizza Hotline. You could take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. And we have just a couple more days left in September. Well, today and tomorrow, and that's it. On to October. Time to flip the calendar over and it might be on to the playoffs for the Montreal Alouettes because it's pretty straightforward for them. I mean, they win and they're in the playoffs. The Alouettes uh, taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks this weekend. The Al swept the first two dates with the uh, Red Blacks uh, by a combined margin, I believe, of just eight. Eight points, if my memory serves me correct. Now, we are joined by the voice of the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690, Sean Campbell here on the Western Pizza Hotline. How are you doing today, Sean? Pretty good, Sean. Awesome. Yeah, a couple Sean's here. Sean Squared. Blaine, change your name to Sean for the time being. <laughs> hey, so uh, I uh, I was looking on Twitter today, and I saw that the helmet uh, or the poutine helmet is back, Sean Campbell. Uh, one football helmet, 1.2 uh, kilogram poutine, one delicious turkey recipe. You can get all this for just $99. Are you going to get yourself one or what? Well, look, it was a pretty special uh, deal when they did it last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's usually something they say you want to split with like three to four friends. That's how much poutine is in the top of the helmet uh, that they put. There's a little popcorn on the front as well. But uh, I, I was in the booth when they did it on the last home game. Now, I saw this guy going at it by himself. Wow. Uh, there was no sharesies for him. And to me, he was the real hero of that game the first time they did it. I don't know if that guy's coming back. I don't even know if that guy's still alive. I hope but, so. Uh, he was, did you get his he autograph? Was, he was tackling that. Uh, he took a break. I saw that he, he, he took a break halfway through the game. He could, it was just a little bit too much, but uh, I was very impressed with what he was able to do. Hey, I like the way that you said poutine there. I think I'm saying it wrong. Can you say it again? Uh, good old poutine. Uh, yeah, I think you say it better than I do. Maybe it's because you, uh, you you're in the you, you're in the the heartland of the poutine. So uh, yeah, yeah, I I like I like obviously you get to keep the helmet too because I don't think you're going to be giving the helmet back after you delve into a <laughs> poutine. So it's a nice looking helmet. I want. Did you get a chance? Don't worry, we're going to talk some football, but we're talking poutine. Uh, did you get a chance to like hold the helmet at all? Like, what kind of material is the helmet? I'm a geek this way. I need to know. <laughs> it's it's pretty solid. It's not the yeah. helmet material because mm-hmm. it's kind of there's a plastic container that holds the poutine in the middle and then they're kind of plastic container that holds uh, the front it's more for for decoration but mm-hmm. yes uh, when you buy it you get to keep the helmet it's uh it was very limited supply and they were kind of worried about it because you know you, you mentioned the price is 99 bucks um and so you get the collector's item too and then you're you were thinking is this worth it how much i want but the Owls fans, they were clamoring for it, and it sold out before the start of the game. Wow. And they they did say there was limited supply. So it's the same thing as uh, Poutine Helmet that's going to be coming up. It's going to be limited supply. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's quite special. And yeah. uh, I know I have a couple friends that got one, and they were very happy that they did. <laughs> have you had any requests on, you know, hey, Sean, can you get me a Helmet Poutine and just, like, mail me the helmet? Have you gotten any of those yet? 
Yes, I have. And I said, if I get one myself, I'm keeping it. Yeah, I mean, for $99, you can't be just shipping them out to everybody. Hey, so uh, Montreal won 19-12 uh, in the June 10th season opener at home and then 25-24 uh, in the nation's capital on August 19th. And, well, we see it, we saw it firsthand last week. The Riders were in Ottawa, and uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks kind of took it to the Rough Riders, took it on the chin. So this is a team that can play some football. I know their record doesn't say so, but uh, what kind of game are you expecting uh, tomorrow night? Uh, probably a lot similar to what you mm-hmm. saw in the first two games for the Owls and the Red Blacks. Very close. And, uh, you know, it's in the CFL, you, sometimes you play the same team three times. It's going to be four times uh, for these two teams this year. And to beat any professional football team three times in one season is not an easy thing because what usually happens, the team that wins, they like they, their game plan, they stick to it. But the team that loses, they change their game plan. So I, I expect the Red Blacks to bring a little something different uh, to the Owls. The Owls are looking a little different. They haven't played for, for a real long time. But this Ottawa Red Blacks team, you can look at their record. Like you said, Saskatchewan knows all too well. They compete and they're probably really disappointed where they are in the standings, knowing that there is an opportunity for them to kind of be in the mix, and they need a victory if they want to stay in the mix for possibly for that third playoff spot. They can't uh, afford a lot. So I am expecting the best version of the Red Blacks uh, coming uh, to the or, or in Ottawa tomorrow for the Alouettes. Yeah, Ottawa, they could be eliminated from playoff contention this week if they lose to the Owls and the Rough Riders and the Tiger Cats both win. If that scenario happens, then the Ottawa Red Blacks are, they go, no playoffs for them. So uh, I'm trying to think here, thinking back the last time we we, uh, chatted, Sean, it was right at the beginning of the season, and I kind of asked you the question, you know, how is... uh, Alouette Nation, if you will, accepting Cody Fajardo. I think it was like in like week one or week two. So we have a lot more sample size at this point. I mean, the Alouettes, they're sitting pretty for a playoff spot right now with a nice 7-7 seven and seven record. So if I were to ask you on this day, September 29th, how do you think uh, Montreal fans have accepted Cody Fajardo as their starting quarterback this year? Uh, I think they've accepted him. I don't think everybody's on board just yet. You know, Cody Fajardo is a good reflection of the Owls' 7-7 and record. Uh, you know, his touchdowns and interceptions are right on par. Uh, he hasn't done anything, you know, to, to win everybody over. I think a, a playoff win in front of the home fans, if they get the home playoff date, you know, an upset in Toronto, that would really put him over the edge for Al's fans, knowing that he can win when it matters most. And the other thing that um, the Al's, you know, all right, that's kind of going against Fajardo a little bit, why there's a little bit of hesitation is because he missed two games. He played like he dressed. He just, he was the third string yeah. quarterback when they rested him for two games. And the Al's won both games with Caleb Evans at quarterback and Caleb Evans, same thing. He was okay, and he was able to do what he needed to do. It's almost like Jason Moss likes having a game manager at the quarterback position. So I still think Owls, they're okay with him, but they want to see what he can do when the game matters most. Yeah, let's say that the Montreal Alouettes make it to the East Final. How, how do you like their chances against that juggernaut team? I mean, Montreal's played them uh, close to last time out. I mean, it was... Uh not too long ago, I think either last week, the week before. It was within the past month, and I remember uh, Montreal played them uh, really tough, 
at uh, Molson Stadium. So let's just uh, fast forward and let's pretend that the Owls are taking on the Toronto Argonauts in early November or mid-November. How do you like their chances? All right, well, two things. Um, you know, I told you uh, beating a football team three times in the season is a very difficult thing to do. If the Argos and Owls face off again, you're going to have the Argos are going to have to beat the Owls four times in one season. Mm-hmm. And they've played three times. They have twice went down to the wire against the Argos. Like, really tight football game. We know with the block kick how that one went down. And then another one, it was an eight-point loss. It was down to the last throw in the end zone, uh, which was uh, intercepted. But the Owls kind of were right there. The game that was blown away was the one at BMO Field. And the Owls' defense was just devastated by injuries. And the Argos took advantage of that. The week back after, they got some guys back on the defensive side, and you saw how much the Argos offense struggled once they got Avery Williams and Darnell Sankey got into the lineup. And, you know, they got some healthy cornerbacks uh, back with Deontay Ruffin, Deontay Evans, West Sun. All those guys have missed time in the secondary. So I think a healthy defense for the Owls could really cause problems. And the other thing here for the Argos, I know this is going to be a storyline. We know it's a storyline this week that they're going to be resting their quarterback against the Blue Bombers. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to play a competitive game for almost two months. It's very hard to rev yourself up. You, you're going to finish off the season. They finish with a pair of games against the Red Blacks that are going to be very meaningless. Then they're going to have a bye, and then they have to be revved up and ready to go. Whereas if the Owls get to this spot, they still have to clinch spots, and they have to clinch a home playoff date. Ideally, they'll get something clinched before the last game of the season so they can get their own personal bye week. But they're going to be having to win a semifinal before they get to that final. I like the team that's revving up than the teams that just idling by. I, I would like the Owls' chances. Of course, the Argos would be favored, and it would still be a tough task because of all the talent that they have. But uh, I, I think the Owls would put up a great fight against the Argos in the East Final. Yeah, no, it's good points. The voice of the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690 here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So uh, tomorrow, I said, I think I said tomorrow night. It's a tomorrow afternoon game. It's a 2 p.m. local kickoff, so that's a 4 uh, p.m. Eastern kickoff tomorrow, Montreal and Ottawa. Hey, Sean Campbell, thanks for uh, carving out a couple minutes today and uh, have a good call and looking forward to maybe talking with you again down the road in the playoffs. Yeah, looking forward to it. Now I know what I'm going to go have for dinner. Yeah, go get yourself some poutine, my friend. Hey, if you want to mail me a, a a bucket, you know, I'll send you my address. I'm just throwing it out there. Hey. Well, you know how much the how much you have to send in the check on the way back. <laughs> Sean Campbell. Love you, my brother. That's uh, Sean Campbell. Have a good one, Sean. Yeah, you too. On the Western Pizza Hotline. We're going to hit the break here, and then on the other side, me and Blaine Wyland will talk a bit, and then we have Matt Schill, the linebacker of the Regina Thunder, uh, in the wings here waiting to come on the Western Pizza Hotline as uh, the Regina Thunder, they're getting set to board the bus here in a few short hours to head on up to Saskatoon to take on the hilltops, those hated hilltops. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Yeah, this one's going to take a lot of willpower for myself. Wasn't kidding, Blaine. I am going to do it. The Sports Cage Clutch Performers. That's right, plural. The whole Detroit Lions offensive line for absolutely bullying my Green Bay Packers last night. It was a 
It was a sad display of football on Thursday Night Football. So there you go. I remember the graphic yesterday during Thursday Night Football. I don't want to put a damper on the clutch performance or anything, but I'm going to slip this in there. The Detroit Lions have won one playoff game in 65 years. Can you believe that? One play, and I think it was in 1993. 1993 it came. I think it was 91. Was it 91? It was against the Cowboys. They kicked the, they beat the crap out of the Cowboys one. Yeah, right? you could be right. It was like 38 6. I remember they showed a lot. I'm sure, I thought it was 91, but. Yeah. So they've, they've won one playoff game in 65 years. With that said, their offensive line last night, I mean, what, what do you want more, a Super Bowl or a sports cage clutch performance? It goes to the whole offensive line of the Detroit Lions. For Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Messi Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer, give them a call at 781-1077. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Back inside the sports cage here, getting closer to countdown to kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli, Wes Cates, Don Hewitt, and it was 1991, the last Detroit Lions playoff win. And, uh, yeah. It's just sad, eh? Because, like, they had Barry Sanders. And yeah. Barry Sanders, uh, in terms of all time, the greatest running back ever, for me, it's either him, Walter Payton, or Jim Brown. I know love for Emmett. Best offensive line ever was the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. That's why I don't consider him. Absolutely not. Yeah. He's a he's a in the top ten, but that Cowboys old line, like Larry Allen, Nate Newton, yeah, that was the reason they were the just massive, colossal human beings. Athletic too, not just like Yeah. It's just wow. That's the one thing that really caught my eye during yesterday's game was the Detroit Lions offensive line, they are massive compared to the Green Bay Packers offensive line. I know they don't go, you know, uh, helmet to helmet against each other, opposite sides of the ball. But, like, some of our offensive linemen compare to theirs when you just look at the sheer size of the individual. It's like, holy smokes. I mean, I think they have three first-round picks along the offensive line Detroit has. So it just goes to show you, I mean, they have invested heavily in that O-line, and it's, you know, paying dividends right now, looking like a pretty good football team, the Detroit Lions. And it was sad to see so many blue jerseys in Lambeau Field last night as well. It's uh, it's a shame because there's a lot of Packers fans on the season ticket holder waiting list that would love those seats. But the way it works in Green Bay is there's two sets of, you know, tickets. There's the the green package, and then you have the gold package. The gold package games is designated to two home games every single season to the uh, to the Milwaukee uh, fans. Because yeah, the the Green Bay Packers they used to play a home game every single season down at the old County Stadium in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then when they moved back up to Green Bay for good and played all their home games in Green Bay. That was kind of a, a part of the deal. Let's uh, let's give the Milwaukee fans uh, a deal on this. Let's give them the first right to tickets. Okay, well, you can do that, but they just sell them anyways. They sold them all to Detroit Lions fans. It was all blue. It was like Ford Field 2.0 last night. So do you think that the, you've seen like a lot of teams now are like putting restrictions in terms of like where you could buy tickets from? 
So do you think like you know how like uh, yeah, it's like what they do in Europe in, yeah. in, in, in soccer. Like the process to get in soccer tickets. If you want to go to like a Premier League game or something, like you gotta you gotta get a membership first, and then you gotta like sign up, then you gotta buy a, a different membership, and then you gotta wait in the queue for like five hours. Like the process is just unbelievable. So I I I'm at the point where I'm kind of like, you know, the majority of games that we watch on TV these days, it feels like the the road fans it's like a it's like a home game for them like like buffalo this year did you see how buffalo this year is saying how the you got to buy the buy tickets you got to be in uh new york it, like a mm-hmm. lot of they're worried about a lot of on for those maple leaf games cuz they're worried about maple leaf fans scoping up those tickets so now they're putting in like how you got to be in buffalo to buy tickets yeah or like certain day or certain hours like uh, and I know other teams are doing that too. Like where they're trying to prevent the invasion of visitor fans. That you got to buy. T- you got to be like it's kind of like buying a fifty fifty, eh? Because you can only buy fifty fifties within province. So it's like mm-hmm. buying tickets, eh? Like they're not like, for example, for Saskatchewan. Like I know they don't do this, but the example for here for Saskatchewan would be like for say single game tickets. If they would went on sale, we always know that a lot of bomber fans pick them up. Well, if that was a scenario in Saskatchewan, they would put a limit or like. You got to be in Saskatchewan to buy the tickets, eh? Like you That's can't a good be a, point. you can't be in Manitoba to buy the tickets. I'm not sure if I'm in favor of that or not because I think it should be a situation where the home fans get the first crack at them. But at some point, you got to let it open to like the market itself. Like yeah. I think it should be a little bit delay. Like obviously, you want your state to be filled with your home team fans, but at the same time, you got to sell those tickets one way or the other. Yeah, those. Before mentioned Buffalo Bills, they are set to get a new stadium within the next decade, as well as the Tennessee Titans. They are set to get a new stadium. Did you see? I saw some pictures earlier this year from the Titans Stadium. How like their concrete, like the the stairways, they're all like cracking already. And the state of that state, it's only like twenty years old, and it looks like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but the, I'm I'm just gonna say this because I truly feel this is the way it is. These brand new state of the art stadiums in the National Football League. You know, okay, they might bring in a lot of money and stuff, but I'm telling you they're not good for fan bases because the way this works is brand new stadium means high ticket prices, which means, you know, the people with the money will buy the tickets, therefore they will sell the tickets to whoever they want for how much they want just the common folk who you know the hard-working Sean Kleisinger who goes to work at a you know at the radio station every day I can't I can't go to Legion Stadium or SoFi Stadium and you know be like well, I guess he wouldn't go straight to the stadium he'd go on the the Ticketmaster app or whatever but like who can afford to shovel out like ten grand for a front row seat or Maybe uh, a thousand bucks to sit in the nosebleeds. It's just that's the way the the new era is with these new stadiums. You know, it's you build them, and then yeah, but you're gonna start seeing you know the the heart and soul fan bases kind of be drowned out in a way because not everybody can afford to pay their well hard earned money to go watch their team play. It's sad, very sad. I think Lambeau Field's done a very good job as far as that goes. So a lot of renovations over the years, but they still, you know, make the ticket prices pretty reasonable for season ticket holders to renew their tickets. So uh, 
I had to get that off my chest. It, I love the new stadium thing, but I also don't like it because we're going to see more Allegiant stadiums, SoFi stadiums, when it's just visiting fans all over the place unless they implement some kind of thing like you were just talking about, Blaine. But we'll see. <sighs> I'm out of breath now. We're going to hit the break. We'll have a sports ticker for you next. And then we will uh, hear from Matt Schill of the Regina Thunder, linebacker for the Thunder. He is uh, getting set to take on the Saskatoon Hilltops this weekend. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. I'm Blaine Wiley with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781-2090. Tonight in the CFL, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders look to snap their three-game losing streak as they head west to take on the BC Lions. Coverage here on 620 CKRM begins in less than an hour's time. Count on the kickoff beginning at 5.30. The Rider Nation pregame show at 7.30 with the opening kickoff set for 8.30. A win by the BC Lions tonight will clinch them a home playoff game. That'd be the first time they've clinched a home playoff game in over 10 years. The Regina Pats, they're on the road tonight. They're up north in Prince Albert. They'll score off with the PA Raiders. Coverage on RM2 begins at 6.35. Opening face-off is 7 o'clock as the Pats are coming off a loss against Moose Jaw on Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, the Pats will host Moose Jaw once again at the Brand Center. University of Regina Rams, they are in Edmonton tonight to face the University of Alberta Golden Bears as the Rams are trying to snap a, lo- cup, a loss of their own last week as they drop down to a 1-3 record while the Golden Bears are sitting at 3-1 and on the season. On the diamond, the Toronto Blue Jays will look to clinch a playoff spot tonight. With a victory tonight and a Seattle loss against the Texas Rangers, the Blue Jays can put an X beside their name. And some managerial changes have already begun in baseball as the San Francisco, San Francisco Giants announced today that they have let go manager Gabe Kapler earlier today. And that is your sports ticker. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. All right, Friday CFL report is for Kevin's Marine as we are getting set for week number 17 in the Canadian Football League. The Toronto Argonauts in Winnipeg tonight to get this week rolling. It's a double dip tonight. So we got the Argos and Bombers followed by the big one. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders taking on the BC Lions from BC Place Stadium in Vancouver. So that one it's going to be a slobber knocker, as Jim Ross used to say. So the countdown to kickoff will be on the air at 5.30 and kickoff itself 8.30 here on 6.20 CKRM. And tomorrow we got two games to look forward to as well. The Montreal Alouettes in Ottawa and the Calgary Stampeders in Hamilton to meet the Tabbies at the Donut Box at Tim Hortons Field. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. We are going to make our way back on the Western Pizza Hotline now and chat with Regina Thunder linebacker Matthew Schill as the Regina Thunder have a huge game coming up tomorrow night in Saskatoon at SMF Field. This is the second meeting of the season between these two clubs. First time around, didn't go the way the Thunder had hoped. It was back on Saturday, September 9th. The final score, 36-6 to in favor of the Saskatoon Hilltops. The Hilltops have 
Yet to lose a game this season. The Thunder just have that one loss. As uh, Regina came away with a 50-14 to win last week. I believe that was the final score versus the Calgary Colts. The week before that, 23-11 to Winnipeg. Uh, win in Winnipeg. So, Matthew Schill, how are you doing today, my friend? Are you excited for tomorrow? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I know. I'm super excited about tomorrow. It's going to be it's going to be a big day. What's that like playing in Saskatoon? Is it I was going to say is it your favorite place to play in the league outside of Regina just because of the rivalry or maybe just uh rank the stadiums for me the that you like to play in? Yeah, to rank the stadiums, obviously, you know, playing in Mosaic is special being a kid from around here and seeing it growing up and, you know, watching it get built and watch the riders mm-hmm. play there to get to step on that field and Chapamon's always a special experience. And then Saskatoon has to be a close second, you know. It's an easy trip for all our fans and all their fans, so it's always a packed house. It's loud, it's hostile territory, so when you can sneak away a win up there, really, it means a lot to a guy. And you must like Mosaic Stadium as well because it actually has a play clock. I know you guys kind of dealt with uh, that situation a few times this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, it's very nice when you have the proper facilities to play, yeah. and it make, makes our job easier when we can we can see what's going on and be fully aware of our situation. Hey, so you mentioned, uh, you know, growing up seeing, you know, uh, the stadium getting built, being a Saskatchewan guy. Maybe just give our listeners a, a little uh, biography on Matthew Schill. Uh, where did you go to school? When did you start playing football? And, uh, you know, football players, I mean, you can take it from here, whatever you want to tell us. Yeah, so I grew up um, on the family farm uh, north of Indian Head, and then I uh, start, started my football career. I didn't start playing until I was in grade nine, so about you know fourteen years old. Just started there, was just uh, you know watched a little bit of football, but didn't really know it that well, and started playing and got to play a little bit of DB and special teams and stuff like that in grade nine, grade ten. I uh, moved to linebacker, grew a little bit, um, still playing in Fort Capel, and then. Um, that spring, I played with um, nine-man nine man spring football, so I started playing in Indian Head for their spring league because we had to, they owned, they were the town that had a team, so I played out there, really loved it, and then uh, ended up transferring high, to high school in Indian Head in grade 11 and, you know, played for the high school team there and for my grade 11 and grade 12 seasons and graduated from there. Made it to two provincial championships, but uh, wasn't able to walk away with the ring either time. So that's, um, you know, be, being... Um, you know, always a tough. Would have loved to come away with a ring there, but yeah. then uh, after that, my good buddy Justin Rieger, who I was good friends with, he's from Indian Head as well. We uh, he got recruited to come play for the Thunder, and uh, he was going to one of their camps in the winter that year. So he asked me if I wanted to tag along, and I didn't really know much about the Thunder at the time. Kind of first person in my football to really, or first person in my family to play football. So mm-hmm. tag along with him doing winter camps, and met Scott and some of the other coaches, and worked hard and really busted up and uh, just played played through the winter caps, got an invite to their spring camp, played hard, played well, and, you know, managed to find myself a spot on the roster. And then that coming fall, played a season with them as a, you know, as a scout team and a maybe a special teams guy here and there. Didn't see the field a whole bunch. And then COVID year rolled around and we were kind of sidelined then. And all, you, all a guy could do was kind of work out on his own and, wait for it to be over so we did that and went into my third year as kind of the next man in and a special teamer and enjoyed enjoyed my time learned a lot that year and then these last two years I've been fortunate enough to be a starting linebacker for the Thunder and we've had a lot of great success with the team so it's just been 
a really great experience over these last nine years that I've been able to play the game of football. Yeah, so m- making your way out of high school, was it uh, always the Regina Thunder? Was that like your number one uh, team to go to? Were there any other options at the time, or were you just completely sold to be uh, a player on the Regina Thunder? It was, yeah, honestly, it was pretty much my only option. I hadn't really, didn't know the junior football landscape well enough to really, mm-hmm. I didn't know what teams there were to reach out to, and then um, I had applied for university, but I did, hadn't gone to any camps or anything i didn't didn't know i was going to be playing football after high school to be perfectly honest i uh enjoyed my high school time and was ready to you know if that was it that was it and then thunder came along and i got an opportunity and it's that's been the only option ever since what's your favorite thing about being a player on the regina thunder it's a kind of like a a broad wide-viewed question but when you think about it what's uh what do you take pride in the most when uh you know you put on that uniform just, just the people that it represents, you know, just being in the on the team for five years, all the people that have came and went and the guys I've seen stick around for five years and the support staff and everyone who puts so much hard time and effort into making this program be as successful as it can be and it has been these last few years. is That's just a thing of honour of that. I get to represent that. I get to represent Indian Head and small towns and nine-man football and just, just, just grateful for the opportunity and that's, that's probably my favorite thing about it is just the experience. Like playing football is awesome, but just the people I've met along the way and just, just learning new things and getting getting out there, right? There's a guy who didn't really know what he was doing out of high school. This gave me some good direction and has kept me busy and out of trouble for the most part. Yeah, Matthew Schill here on the Western Pizza Hotline. He is a linebacker with the Regina Thunder and him and his squad getting set to take on the Saskatoon Hilltops. Tomorrow night at SMF Field in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A big rivalry game. So, uh, Matthew, I'm going to put you on the spot here. But if your career, if you were never to play another down of football as it sits right now, I know it's sad to think about, but that's just, uh, you know, in a hypothetical world. If your career were to end right now, thinking back on your football career, uh, what's the number one play or moment that sparks in your mind that just brings you absolute joy if you had to think of just one moment it could either be like a a 10 second frame or a 25 second uh, uh, scenario it could be anything what's the number one thing that just gives you the goosebumps when you think about uh, your time as a football player on the Regina Thunder um probably would have to go back a couple of years and it's funny because I wasn't even on the field when this play happened. I was on the sideline watching, but we were up in Saskatoon at the SMF field there, and it's. Uh, I think we were down by one or two at the time, and there's about four seconds left on the clock, and our kicker at the time, Eric Maxmix, lining up a 53-yard field goal, and the whole place is just dead silent, kind of just dead air. Everyone's just, mm-hmm. just watching, right? Like, this is big, right? Like this, this is the rivalry. This has been an intense game. There's been bodies flying around all over. And it all came like this was it. This was this was one team was going to win and one team was going to lose. And he lines it up, and he steps, and the ball is flying, and everyone just time just kind of hung still as we watch this football fly through the air. And then it clears the uprights and it's good. And then we're all on the field going crazy. All our guys who didn't dress for the game come down out of the stands and onto the field. And that was probably just one of the craziest moments of your life, you know, to be in a situation where two high-level teams are playing in such a tough battle that it comes down to that one play and a 53-yard field goal is no joke to make. And, you know, we're 
he lines it up with all the confidence in the world and Eric hits it home and then that was a celebration. I think that was the first time we'd beat the Hilltops in a long time and we did it in their house and that was just a really special moment that I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah, man, I got the goosebumps. You just telling me that story. That's what I'm talking about. That's what football's all about. Hey, man, this has been fun. I can't wait to, uh, you know, watch you. We got uh, two more games left in the regular season at Saskatoon tomorrow and then to close out the regular season schedule on Sunday, October 8th. The Edmonton Huskies in town to take on uh, the Regina Thunder at Libel Field for a 1 p.m. kickoff. Matthew Schill, number 96, linebacker for your Regina Thunder. It's uh, been a pleasure talking with you this afternoon, my friend, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Awesome, yes. Thank you very much. That's Matthew Schill on the Western Pizza Hotline, and we are going to hit the break, and on the other side, feature a conversation uh, that we aired yesterday. I caught up with Regina Rams quarterback Owen Sieben as the Regina Rams are getting set to take on the Alberta Golden Bears this evening at Foot Field in Edmonton, Alberta. So uh, that conversation will be our Sports Cage Rewind for the week, and we are going to hear that conversation in just a few minutes. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. The quarterback for your University of Regina Rams, Owen Sieben. Owen, thanks for taking a couple minutes here. And uh, before we talk about, you know, the season thus far, I kind of want to, you know, go back in your history and just kind of find out how you got here. Uh, Talk about growing up in B.C. Langley, British Columbia is where you are from. Favorite teams growing up, players, all that good stuff. Yeah, I started playing football when I was really young. My, My mom family is from Kansas City so football is a big part of their life and I just wanted to be just like that so I started playing with the North Langley Bears and I played there for a long time I got to play with a bunch of my close friends a bunch of my close teammates and it was where I fell in love with football I just wanted to keep playing from there and that's when it came really serious to me uh, that's when I went to Terry Fox for high school and I had the opportunity to play for a great coach in Tom Cadaba and some really great teammates, uh, one of which that I play with on the Rams now, or two of which, sorry, when Alice Gagnon and Gavin Winningham. So it was a great experience playing football in BC. We're going to talk about your high school career here in a bit, but maybe uh, just expand on the Kansas City part. So that's a uh, pretty cool. It's not every day, you know, we have a, a player on the Rams with a Kansas City connection. So I take it that yeah. you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Is it safe to say? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Never had a choice, really. My Entire family being from Kansas City, they're diehard fans, so never had a choice. I've always been a Chiefs fan. That's awesome. Quarterback Owen Sieben here on the Western Pizza Hotline, quarterback of your Regina Rams. So take us through your high school career. You sustained a bit of an injury in grade 12. I got to Terry Fox in grade 10, and that was the COVID year, so we didn't play any football games. And then grade 11 had a really good year. Our team went all the way to the provincial finals, and then Great 12 year was hoping to get back to that and end up separating my shoulder early on in the year. So we never reached back to that point, but I'm just extremely grateful for all my coaches, all my teammates. It was just a great experience playing high school football. And talk about the recruiting process. I've talked with uh, head coach Mark McConkie on a few occasions about how you kept him up at night for nights on end, just, you know, wondering <laughs> what school you were going to uh, commit to. So what were the schools that were in your top three? You know, what separated Regina when it was all said and done? Yeah, I I had the opportunity to go through the process with a bunch of different schools. And by the end of my recruiting process, I'd say the top three were the University of Regina, the University of Ottawa, 
and that was that was honestly that was really the top two and mm-hmm. um what separated Regina was just the relationship I had with the coaching staff coach McConkey coach Bruce Anderson they did a really great job of making a connection with me and my family and it was really important to me and my family that I was seen as a, as a person and not a player and that was really big yeah, and uh, Mark McConkey told me that he actually made a few visits on the West Coast as well to, to uh, you know, have supper and stuff like that. So that was yeah. a, a pretty cool to hear. Yeah, it was. It was. Going into the season here, you're a first year with the Regina Rams, and Coach McConkey also told me that, you know, in, in spring camp, he saw it right away, how you just kept on making plays, plays after plays after plays, and then... Coach was like, "Yeah, but he's still young, you know. You know, you get thrown into the fire uh, versus uh, the Calgary Dinos here at Mosaic Stadium a few weeks ago, and you were just making play after play, just like you were doing in spring camp. So, uh, take us through what the jump has been like from you know not playing much in high school in grade twelve all the way starting at the youth sports level. Yeah, it, it's been. I, I've loved the challenge of playing youth sports from the playbook, how complex it is to how complex defenses are. It's been, it's been a really big learning curve and a really big challenge, but you know, I love football and I love that challenge. So just being able to work with my teammates every single day, get better with them every single day. It's been a great experience. And this has been a, a program when you look at it over the history, it has had a lot of great quarterbacks go through the door. I know when you walk right yeah, through absolutely. the facility, through the facility there, you see a Noah Picton's Jersey, his heck Crichton award a winning trophy there right in the front door. What's it mean to Owen Sieben to be the quarterback for the university of Regina Rams? It means everything to me. It's uh, it's the culmination of a lot of hard work over the years. And like you said, just coming to a, such a storied program and meeting guys like Noah Picton, meeting guys like Josh Donnelly, who I see every day, it makes you really it makes you really buy into what we're doing here and it makes you want to be a great player like those guys. So all of our teammates and I, we're working hard. We want to get back to those, to those great times as program team. And I'm really confident in our team. So growing up as a kid, who was your favorite uh, football player that you looked up to, if you had to pick one? Yeah, we we talked about being a Chiefs fan, so it was always mm-hmm. Chiefs players for me. Guys like even Jamal Charles, he's not a quarterback, but he was just yeah. a great player. Like Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, guys like that. that You just see not only great players on the field, but they're great people in the community, and that's been really important for me and my family. Have you ever been to a game at Arrowhead? No, not at Arrowhead. We've always been playing games at the same time, yeah. but... Yeah, never at Arrowhead. Hey, so a big game coming up here on Friday against the Alberta Golden Bears. Now, this is a team that's been, you know, shocking a lot of people across the country and a very strong team there sitting at 3-1 and one right now. So when you yeah. look at the Alberta Golden Bears, what kind of game are you expecting here on Friday night? Yeah, like you said, they're a really great team. They've had a really great season. And when we watch them, it's, it's very clear that they're a veteran team especially on the defensive side. So when we go into the game, we just got to execute at an extremely high level because, like you said, they're a really great team. They know what they're doing. So it's on us to kind of step up to that challenge and perform the way we can. It's awesome, my friend. Well, it's been an honor thus far to call the games on the radio, calling your name, and I can't wait to see you back at Mosaic Stadium here on October 14th versus the Manitoba Bisons, and uh, this is going to be a fun end to the season. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. That is the quarterback of the University of Regina Rams, Owen Sieben. Caught up with him earlier this week as the Rams are taking on the Alberta Golden Bears tonight at Footfield in Edmonton. No broadcast tonight on 620 CKRM because we have the Ryder game on the main network here over the airwaves. And then we have the Regina Pats taking on the Prince Albert Raiders on RM2 tonight. So uh, no Regina Rams broadcast tonight. 
the next broadcast will be on October 14th versus those Manitoba Bisons as uh, the Rams almost got by the Bisons. Oh, I, I, thinking back on that game, Blaine, it's uh, it's, a, it's getting me kind of sad here. But you know, I was just going to say it's a good thing that uh, there is no broadcast. So otherwise, you'd be have to jump on the jet to get up to Edmonton pretty quick. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so both teams come into tonight's game: the Rams and the Golden Bears, following uh, both. Having setbacks last week, the Rams, they lost that tight game, 27-24 to in OT. And uh, Alberta, they lost a, a big-time shootout, 54-37 to to UBC at uh, Thunderbird Stadium in Vancouver, British Columbia. So both teams coming in uh, with losses. But uh, Alberta, they are no joke. They are 3-1 and on the year. Uh, the Regina Rams, they are 1-3. and and so this is a very big game, obviously, for both teams. Out of the six teams, four of them make the playoffs. And as it sits right now, Regina is on the outside looking in. Manitoba holding that last, uh, I was going to say wild card spot. It's not a wild card spot. I got baseball on my mind, Blaine. Uh, Manitoba in that fourth seed right now. So still a lot of football to be played. We are just halfway through the season with four games left on the regular season schedule. Rams and Golden Bears will kick off tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. So hopefully Regina can bring home a big dub. All right, that's hour two. It's in the books, and we just have one half hour left to go here because Countdown to Kickoff will be on the air at 5.30 with Daniela Ponticelli. And the before-mentioned Regina Pats, they are in Prince Albert at the Art Hauser Center tonight, and we are going to catch up with the voice of the Pats, Dante DiCaria, to tee up that game on the other side of the news. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, welcome back inside the Sports Cage for hour three for Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. It's a busy evening here on the network. On the main network, we got the Rider game, of course, Riders and Lions, but on 620CKRM.com on RM2, the Regina Pats will be taking on the Prince Albert Raiders from the Art Hauser Center up there in PA. Joined on the Western Pizza Hotline now by the voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria. Where does the Art Hauser Center rank, Dante, as far as uh, arenas go? And let's say the Eastern Division. Yeah, you know, I kind of had a feeling that you were going to ask me something <laughs> about that. But uh, to me, it's one of my favorite rinks. It's uh, it's not a big rink. It doesn't have the same capacity as the Brand Center. But to me, you know, it's a rink that does get filled by the community in Prince Albert. In fact, uh, they're expected to have a new rink in the next two years. And the last time the Pats were in Prince Albert was in the preseason, and we drove past the construction uh, the construction zone in which the new rink is going to be built and i think it's going to be fabulous but you know this one to me just holds a lot of history you know they won a league championship in 2019 there and they've got the big horn uh, it's a really nice you know booth in terms of just being close to the action so it's one of my favorites so the pats two and one right now back-to-back wins to start the year and then uh they fell to the moose jaw warriors a few nights ago uh, Tanner Howe has points in all three games. Ty Spencer has points in all three games. Uh, collectively, are you uh, pleased with how the Regina Pats have performed thus far through, I guess, three games it has been? Yeah, no, I think they've played really strong hockey over the first three games of the season, to be quite honest with you, Sean. 
And I look back at Wednesday night, that's a game that, if you look at the way the Pats played, uh, probably shouldn't have lost. I mean, the shots in the first period were, you know, 17-5 in favor of Regina, and to me it just felt like they controlled the play. And, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, This is a team that has played like a team, and that's what they need to continue to keep doing. 20-year-old defenseman Keegan uh, Slaney picked up his first point as a pad I saw uh, the other night versus Moose Jaw. How uh, is he fitting in so far in his young career with the Pats? Yeah, I mean, he's only 5'9", 185 pounds, but, you know, Zinger, he's a guy for me that uh, brings some leadership to the group, which is, you know, always an added bonus. And, you know, he's a, he's a really sound defense hockey player. You know, he's able to be physical in front of the net. He's not a to drop the gloves from what I've noticed from his time in Calgary and Edmonton before. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy that's just so steady defensively. And he's a left shot that plays the right side, so that's positive. But, you know, the Pats do have a young, inexperienced back end, so he just kind of adds to that. For those that didn't, like, hear the game the other night versus Moose Jaw, I mean, Regina outshot the Warriors, I think it was 17-5 to in the first period, and then overall, you know, mm-hmm. they outshot them 36-24. So for those people that didn't hear the game, obviously when you look at it on paper, the Moose Jaw Warriors goaltender must have had some kind of outing because uh, it looks like a game that the Pats maybe should have, could have won. Yeah, no, he was fabulous. I mean, that was actually the first time I've ever seen Jackson Unger play good against Regina. In fact, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head because it's been a couple days, but really not great numbers against Regina Lifetime in which he had given up on average of, you know, five goals against per game. So uh, that was definitely uh, an interesting showing on Wednesday night because, you know, we talked about it in the pregame show here on uh, 620 CQM. And a lot of, you know, when we went through the goaltending matchup was, you know, is Jackson Unger finally going to have a good game against the Pats? Because uh, due to his career stats, he hasn't. So, you know, um, it's an interesting matchup because um, most goaltenders in the league, and I don't know the exact number, but most of them catch left-handed. He actually catches right-handed. That's very unorthodox. You don't see too many right-handed catching goaltenders. I'm not saying that had anything to do with it, but, you know, it seemed like the Pats were trying to go far side on him uh, like they usually do short side over the blocker, and, you know, he was making those glove saves and stuff like that. No, he was he was solid. He was quick in his net. He was poised, and, uh, I mean, Jackson Unger was the difference for Moose Jaw. Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Regina Pats here on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, Prince Albert tonight, the 1-2 and two Prince Albert Raiders. What kind of team do the Raiders have this year? Uh, it's the same identity that they've had, you know, over the last, I don't know how many decades that they've been in the league. They play physical, they play tough, uh, they forecheck hard, and they just work extremely hard as a team. You look at their back end, it's a big back end. It's not a very, you know, experienced back end with losing line and closure, Regina product. Uh, as an overager last year, he's now with the Wild in the American Hockey League. And then you look at Terrell Goldschmidt, who was drafted in the fourth round by Arizona. He's a six foot six defenseman. And then on their second pairing, they have another six foot five defenseman and a six three defenseman, and another six four defenseman. So they're they're very very big on the back end, and they've got some really tough big forwards. I mean, Grady Martin leads the team in points, and he's listed at six four. And then you look at Niall Crocker, uh, who's another big force up front, listed at six five. So. Um, the Pats do have to be ready to match that physicality. They do have some big guys as well. You look at, you know, Braden Barnett being one of those guys at 6'5", and he's played really physical this year. And even smaller guys like Tanner Howe and, 
and Braxton Whitehead play physical as well. So in order for the Pats to win, it's it's quite simple. They need to match the physicality of the Raiders and just you know find different ways to move the puck up the ice. So Pats Raiders tonight and then tomorrow night back at the Brand Center for a rematch against them. Moose Jaw Warriors cannot wait to. Uh, I might go to that game actually tomorrow night. So uh, I was looking forward to it. Dante, have a good call tonight on RM2. We'll be listening, my friend. Thank you so much, Zinger. We're juggling. We can broadcast more than one sporting event at the same time. It's called the Internet, a very snazzy deal. So what you want to do if you want to listen to the Pats game tonight, 620CKRM.com. You'll see the banner right on the home page. You just uh, slide your mouse over, click on that banner, and then voila, you will be listening to Dante DiCaria call Regina Pats hockey from the Art Hauser Center. 6.35 p.m. pregame show with puck drop shortly after 7 o'clock. And once again, yeah, the Pats back at home tomorrow night versus the Moose Jaw Warriors, ReginaPats.com, to get your tickets. All right, we are inching closer to countdown to kickoff here. One more segment to go, and then it's time to talk some football with Daniela Ponticelli, Don Hewitt, and Wes Cates. You are listening to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, 13 minutes away until countdown to kickoff is on the air because it is indeed Friday Night Football Tonight. It's only the second time I did it today. I thought I was going to be in like the double digits. Cannot wait for it. Big night in the Canadian Football League and... uh, I was just looking at the scoreboard because, you know, I was thinking that the first game was on the East Coast, but no, it's in it's in Winnipeg tonight. Yeah, so Toronto-Winnipeg starts at 6 o'clock. So no score updates in the Canadian Football League because the games haven't started yet. However, we do have a score update for you in Major League Baseball. A big scenario happening for the Blue Jays if the Jays win tonight. And the Seattle Mariners lose to the Texas Rangers. Guess what? The Toronto Blue Jays clinch a playoff spot. So the updated score, bottom of one, no score. <laughs> Buzzkill. <laughs> like he, he had me going there for a second. So I was like, wait a minute, did they actually score a run? I'm a trickster. <laughs> the Jays do have a runner on first base. There's two outs. Uh, you say Kikuchi's on the hill this evening for the Bluebirds. So uh, you, you made it out to a, a Blue Jay game this year, right, Blaine? I'm, I'm I did. I actually did make it out to three games against the Mariners. Oh, yes. I'm trying to think. The Jays didn't... I think the Jays won two of three, or... Yeah, yeah. yeah that's serious. They won the first two, then yeah. they dropped the third That's one. right. I remember that now. So, yeah, uh, it's interesting to look at, since we're talking Blue Jays, it's interesting to look at... Uh, you know, the drawings and the art for the renovations that are set to happen at Rogers Center and the 100 level kind of reminds me of Dodger Stadium a bit in a way, just the way it's kind of sectioned off behind home plate and stuff. It kind of makes it a little more ballpark-y. Ballpark. Ballpark-y. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about the words they added to the dictionary yesterday. Maybe we got another one we can add to there. What was, what was my one in hour one? Oh, National Football League football. <laughs> I thought, hey, that's <laughs> the thing I always wondered about, though, when you're like scrolling through the channels. It says 
like on the listings it says NFL football. So if you if you say it, it's National Football League football. I've always wondered that. Same thing with CFL. Like why can't they just put NFL? We know what it is. It's National Football League. You know, it's rubbing off in my mind. Now now I'm making them full of now myself you, to the masses. You just made me think. Yeah, you're right. I never really did think about it that way. I always think. Do you like the new uh, the new uh, renderings for the Rogers Center? Do you like what they're doing uh, with the ballpark, or would you rather them just build a brand new one, which isn't going to happen? No, now, it ain't going to happen. I like what they're doing out there. I mean, like I, they really livened up the outfield section mm-hmm. compared to what it was before. I watched in videos, like uh, I don't know, uh, recently, like uh, when Carlos Delgado had his four home runs, eh, and you watch the outfield, <laughs> yeah, two thousand three, like those empty seats in the outfield. It's so plain. Like there's, it's really a more lively atmosphere, and uh, it definitely is going to. It helps out the ball team, helps the environment uh, or the atmosphere around the around the stadium. And there's a lot of cool stuff to do out there. What fans of all ages inside that outfield. So I really enjoy it, and I think it's it's crazy that yeah. game was 20 years ago, huh? That they were the Tampa Bay Devil Rays still at the time when Delgado smacked four out of the and ballpark. Those, uh, Colorful jerseys, if you will. I've, I've never really minded those. Uh, a lot of people hate on them. I kind of like them when uh, they because they still wear them from time to time. Yeah. The, the home version of them at at the Trump. But uh, they're in the middle of the pack for me. I'd say in terms of I don't hate them, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan of them. Yeah. In terms of the jerseys. So but. baseball fans, let's set the scene here. So I, I I already said that if the Blue Jays win tonight and the Mariners lose, the Blue Jays do clinch a playoff spot. This is how it sits right now. In the American League, the Baltimore Orioles have clinched the American League East. They have 100 wins, 100 wins. And uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, they can't go up, they can't go down. They are locked in that top wildcard spot. So the division leaders right now, Baltimore, Texas, Minnesota, and the three wildcard teams as it sits at 5.22 p.m. September 29th. Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Houston with Seattle just one game back of the Houston Astros. And in the American League, the Atlanta Braves, L.A. Dodgers, and Milwaukee Brewers lead their respective divisions. And then the Philadelphia Phillies, Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Miami Marlins are the three wildcard teams. And the Chicago Cubs right now on the outside looking in by just one half a game. Point five of a game, so it's going to come right down to the wire in the National League and the National Football League. Let's talk about it a bit, Blaine. We're going to be talking a whole lot of Saskatchewan Rough Rider football here in, I don't know, about seven minutes. So uh, we'll save the discussion for Daniela, Don, and Wes. So let's uh, let's talk NFL. Looking at the matchups this weekend, outside of Denver, Chicago, which one are you looking forward to the most? <laughs> it's a sick joke. <laughs> if you don't know, both teams are 0 3 and they are Denver hey, that, just got a 70 burger. That one could be the first overall pick. Uh, in terms of matches, but you know what? The big one, I think, uh, the big one this weekend is Miami and Buffalo. Yeah, that is going to be a good one. Uh, that game is an 11 a.m. start time. I was going to call it. Uh, excuse me, I was going to call it Ralph Wilson Stadium still, but it's not called that. Is it New Era Field still, yeah, or did they New change Era. it again? The hat. hat yeah. I don't know if they came up a nickname with the hats. Or yeah, that. That's going to be a good one. And uh, early Sunday morning, 7.30 a.m., Atlanta and Jacksonville will play in London, England. And it's kind of a cool little thing they have going on for uh, that broadcast because there's the regular broadcast, and then they will also have like a Toy Story broadcast. So I don't know if that means like if Trevor 
Lawrence dives into the end zone, Woody's going to be doing the same thing on the opposite screen or what? I don't know how that's going to work. But, who uh, who uh, pops up as Mr. Potato Head? That's a good question. Who's the Mr. Potato Head on the... Uh, I don't know. I, that's a good question, though, Blaine. I, I am going to be tuning in to see what that... Uh, because I want my son... I, I've always said this. I think the National Football League, like they should do something like that or create like a TV series, an animated version of football being played to catch the eye of the young ones so the young ones can learn the game and want to learn the game more. Did, I mean, should I take this to the shark tank or what? Uh, that's a good idea. Did you watch the Nickelodeon game last year? That awful no, game... A good, that's a good point. That too. awful game at Christmas between the Broncos and the Rams. Yeah, I think they take it a little too far though in, in those broadcasts. Like, I, I don't want slime all over the place and stuff. Like, a little, I, I think that's what they do in Maybe those broadcasts. Maybe we should actually slime them. You know, like um, I just want like a regular. Get traffic, Travis Kelsey some slime. Yeah, just like <laughs> just animate the players. You know, it's like uh, remember the old James Bond uh, 007 Goldeneye for N64. Oh, yeah. You know how you could like put in a cheat code so everyone has big heads. They look like <laughs> bobbleheads. You remember that? No. no? Well, that's that's kind of like what I'm thinking. Like maybe create like a broadcast version with a uh, you know Jordan Love walking around with a with a huge noggin. I think that would catch the eye of the young ones. I. I'm being serious. I think that would be a good way to catch the eye of the young football fan. You know what's the other thing? Just started going. CFL should do it. You know what? I was just, we were talking about that awful game. There's another winless win. The four winless teams are facing off in two separate games this week, okay? We mm-hmm. talked about Denver, Chicago, Minnesota, and oh. Carolina are also facing off this week. I think those teams are a little surprising that they're not uh, picked Ooh. up a win this season, eh? I think it was you last week when we were talking with Arash about that LA Minnesota game. Those two teams are like the AFC NFC versions of each other, eh? Minnesota and LA. They are. They find a way to just completely blow it. And I thought that I was very scared on this past Sunday. I was watching that Chargers and uh, Vikings game. But then I told myself, don't worry, Kirk Cousins is on the field. He will blow this game. Is Don Hewitt here yet? Did you see Don? Yeah. So I wonder if Don's Don's a big Viking fan, so he's probably listening to me. I'm just going to peek around my shoulder quick. Uh, I don't think he is listening, <laughs> but uh, Don Hewitt is a big Minnesota Vikings fan. So, but I was being a you know being a Packer fan, I was very happy I to just see gave, gave old Don a wave there. But yeah. I don't think yeah, he got. I don't that. think he knows that we're bashing his fandom for well, National Football. Well, League. as I'm sitting here looking at my computer screen, I'm well, actually, I'm seeing the highlight of Rudy Ford's interception. So oh, yeah, that's no. something positive. That was just such a tease, you know. After that first drive of the game, everybody thought, okay, the Packers are going to make this a game, maybe win it. No. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun week in the National Football League. Your team play uh, plays the Arizona uh, Arizona Cardinals at two twenty five, so uh, that's gonna be an old fashioned slugfest NFC West style. I have the Niners winning that one, but you never know. Hey, the Arizona just beat the Cowboys. How they about beat them, them Cowboys? They beat them. How about them Cowboys? Don Don Hewitt's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big thumbs down from exactly. Don Hewitt. Hey, this has been a fun show, man. We are going to leave the airwaves and make way for Daniela Ponticelli, Don Hewitt, and Wes Cates because it's a big night in in, uh, the Canadian Football League. I got the NFL on my mind here. Big night in the CFL as our Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in Vancouver to take on the BC Lions. It's an 8.30 p.m. kickoff. And the pregame show just near moments away here on 620 CKRM. You've been listening to the sports cage.